Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. This is episode 37, if you keep a track at home, I think perfectly named the Sean Alexander podcast, if you remember that, uh, and that running back from Seattle. So we're going to go with Sean Alexander for this one, episode 37, just so you don't have to keep track at home, especially people like Jolan or non-math majors, uh, so we try to keep counting easy for him. Jolan, welcome to another episode. 37, the next one's 38. Wow. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Um, the, we got the Super Bowl this week, so we got two guests in the studio because uh, it's a big week, must be a big week. First, we got Nick McCarthy. Nick, welcome back. Thank you, guys. Always a pleasure. Yep, and we have Eric Moltner back again. What's up? What's up? Yep, always good to have the guys in the booth. Um, you know, neither of our teams are playing in the Super Bowl this week, so, but uh, we're gonna, we got plenty to talk about, Jolan. Let's, let's get it going. So, yeah, obviously we get into the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl matchup is a big one because it's uh, baby goat versus goat. It's Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. It was coveted. Mahomes beat them in their head-to-head. I feel the first time they beat, played each other in the playoffs. It's a lot to talk about. Let's break down the game. Let's break down the teams. Goose, we'll start with you with just the picks. Who do you like? Chiefs, Tampa. Don't explain why. We'll get into that later. Oh, no contraire, amigo. Uh, that's actually the one thing that's the one stone unturned by Patrick Mahomes. He has not beaten Tom Brady in the postseason. They lost that matchup in overtime. That's right. Tom Brady it, beat at Arrowhead. Them, excuse me. Let's actually, here's what I want to do. Let's break down this matchup a lot. Let's go through it, and then we'll make the picks at the end. Save a little suspense for our listeners, because I don't want them tuning out a minute and 36 seconds into the episode. Perfect. So, QBs. QB <laughs> advantage. This is a battle of great QBs. Nick, we'll start with you. Who has the favorite quarterback, you think, in the Super Bowl? Uh, in the Super Bowl, uh, I think I like experience here. Tom Brady, and especially now that they're playing it at home, love it. Love it. And I, it's also hard for me to pick against Tom Brady. He's proven before that he can come back and wins. We were talking about it before that in his playoff career, he only scored three total points in the first quarter in all the Super Bowls combined. That's huge, but it's also going to come down to the quarterback matchup that we all said. And now Tony Romo brought out a good point where uh, this is a big one for Mahomes. If he doesn't beat him, there's no way I think you can say that Mahomes catches Brady. And if he does, then you have the argument. But even if Mahomes, let's say he does beat him and then gets maybe one more Super Bowl, hard to, uh, it's going to be hard to do. He'll definitely get it, but we'll see. What about you? Who do you like? Uh, I kind of think it's a push here. I think Nick's right with the experience. Brady's done it a lot more than Mahomes has. It's supposed to rain, they're saying. 75% chance of rain. That'll take a big part into the pass game itself. So if it's raining, I kind of like the Chiefs quarterback and Mahomes more because they have a more... Uh, creative minds calling plays, a quick plays, quick screens, slants to Tyree Kill, stuff like that. And uh, probably, too, going off with Mulder, I agree 100% on the rain. And I think that uh, Mahomes, well, not even think, it's known fact, he's much more mobile than Tom yeah. Brady, so he can do it with his feet, not just his arm. Mm-hmm. Goose, who do you like? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a classic quarterback disparity. You really look at it, the two playing styles are so different between these two. You have literally, like, I, you could tell me that Tom Brady is the same thing as the uh, the Lincoln Monument, like the guy that's sitting there, and I'd believe you. He's a statue. He doesn't move that well. Mahomes moves a little bit better. That toe looked pretty good against the Bills. Uh, wasn't much concern from the week before. And, I, you know, I just think I, I like the push that Moltner's got going here because you, you look at how they do it, and they do it in different ways. Kansas City, I, I wonder I wonder what's in Andy Reid's head. I know Bienemy uh, calls the plays, but Andy Reid's got a lot going on with his family. Uh, Britt Reid, his son, uh, just got in a car accident last night, uh, uh, two days before the Super Bowl. So you can only imagine kind of what's going through his head and stuff like that. But in terms of quarterback play, listen, Tom Brady, you know, he just finds a way. You know, he scored three points in the first quarter of nine Super Bowls, yet he still found a way to be six and three at this point. So it's going to come down to my position of play, uh, which is the offensive lines a lot more, uh, I think. And uh, we're going to see how that plays out. But I like the quarterback position to be a push. And we will talk about that. But another question I want to ask you guys is, what do you think is more challenging, back-to-back Super Bowl titles or winning a Super Bowl with a new team in year one, with no preseason, with no camp at all? Do you? What do you think is harder, Nick? We'll start with you. Uh, that's, a, that's a tough one. But... Um... I think I'm going to have to say for this one's going to be uh, going back-to-back. Just because of the sole fact when you when you win that championship, you hoist a trophy, right from that point on, the second that clock hits all zeros and you won the game, the target's on your back. Everyone's gunning for you. Any which way they can, they can find a way to get an edge against you because you are the team to beat. So you know everyone's going to give their extra effort anytime there's a matchup. 
with the defending champions. So that's why I think back-to-back is probably harder in this situation. I uh, fully agree with Nick, and it kind of sucks. I have nothing to add there. It's perfect. Just it target perfect. on your back after you win a title. Every week, someone wants to beat you, and they figured out a way to get the whole way. And everyone's got more tape on you, right? Because you're playing 19 games instead of just 16 uh, with the playoffs. They have more tape on you, and they still look like they can score every time they want to. So back-to-back is definitely harder. Goose. Yeah, I'm going to make this a gentleman's sweep. I agree. And I think part of it, too, is the motivation factor. You know, you win that big ring, especially, you know, if you're a veteran on that team. You know, you've been working all your life, all your NFL career to get that ring. You finally get it. You know, you might say it's time to chill now. You might, you, you know, there might be, uh, and that's all leadership of a team. But uh, but there could be some, you know, we've seen Super Bowl hangovers before. We've seen runner-ups, you know, lose their entire franchise. <laughs> Atlanta. Um, you know, teams, teams. It's hard. It's hard to get back to that to that game. So I think back to back, more than anything. We're also talking about one of the, if not the greatest quarterback to ever play the position in in this game in the history of the game, who's coming into an offense that has a tremendous amount of weapons. It's not like they were absolutely decimated. They just had an awful quarterback in Jameis Winston. Yeah, he threw thirty touchdowns. He also threw thirty interceptions. When you don't, th- when you do throw thirty touchdowns. And somebody doesn't throw 30 interceptions, your team's gonna win. Yeah, it's a pretty good formula. Moving forward, we could look at the one of the greatest tight end matchups I think the Super Bowl has ever seen, Kelsey versus Gronk. You could say, um, who do you like more as an X factor in this game? Do you think it's gonna be Gronk with all the weapons surrounding him, or do you think Kelsey stands out, really puts his place as one of the best tight ends ever? We'll start with you, Goose. Well, you kn- you know the volume in terms of volume of receptions or touches is gonna be Kelsey in this game because he's just that much bigger of a component. You look at the the Buccaneers. They got Evans, you know, Godwin on the outside, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, uh, Justin Watson, Antonio Brown. You got all these different weapons. Uh, so the volume is going to Kelsey. I still think Kelsey has a bigger impact just because of what he does. We we talked about this prior to the podcast in Week Twelve when Tyreek Hill goes for two hundred yards in the first quarter. I think if you're the Buccaneers, you're not gonna. Uh, you're not going to allow that to happen, which is going to open up somebody like Kelsey there in the middle. And he works the middle so well, knows how to find the soft spots in the zone. Uh, I think, you know, Gronk will get a tight – we saw him get a tight end screen uh, in Green Bay, gained 30 yards on it. But I still think in the end Kelsey's that X factor. Maybe a shovel pass down on the goal line, which they love to do. We'll see. Mo, who do you like? you think Gronk's familiarity with the Super Bowl is going to – benefit him in this? Uh, no, I actually don't like Gronk so much in this offense. I think he's kind of washed away. I think prime Gronk was the best tight end we've ever seen. But I think Travis Kelsey in this system is playing at the best tight end caliber uh, every week. I think Travis Kelsey's an absolute animal. Feels like every week he's got 100 yards. He had like 1,400 yards this year. It's incredible what the guy does week in and week out. Nick, you going to go gentleman sweep or do you like Gronk? Uh, I mean, I'm probably going to have to go gentleman sweep, but to uh, Gronk's credit, like Mulder said, he's probably one of the best tight ends I've ever seen. And when he was in his prime, there was nobody who could stop him. Uh, I would lean towards his way a little bit because of the experience, the chemistry with Brady. Just because, you know what, late in the game, that's a guy I know 100%. If you put a ball up, yeah, he's a little lighter now or smaller now. And he's not playing the best of his career. But he's still a guy that you can certainly rely on. But Travis Kelsey right now, he's probably in his prime. And this system, it just all works. Well, let's get over to like the beef of the offenses here, the linemen and the running backs. You said you wanted to get into it. Goose, we'll start with you. Which line do you think it's more important for to set the tone early? Do you think a run game is needed for Tampa Bay or Kansas City, or both can rely on the pass game to get it done? I think the run game is probably more needed for Tampa Bay to be successful, uh, just based on what I've seen and the creativity of the Chiefs. Now, in terms of which offensive line needs to come out and make a statement right away, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. They're down two starters including their left tackle, Eric Fisher, who ruptured his Achilles uh, in the AFC Championship game. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of doubt. You know, there's clips all over the place of JPP and Shaq Barrett and those guys getting to Mahomes in Week 12 later in that game. So I think it's important for them to come out, put a statement, and put a stamp on this game right away. I I would say if you can get Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going and that run game gets going, I don't think there's a hope and a prayer for Tampa Bay if they let the run game of Kansas City get going. Well, you do have playoff Lenny playing at a phenomenal rate. Tampa Bay right. is obviously they're running the football at a high rate. So and Ryan Jensen's probably going to fight somebody. So I'm I'm ready for it. Definitely going to be interesting to watch. But we'll move on to you guys about wide receivers here because obviously wide receivers are the cream of the crop. There's not much to get into with the line because you just basically hit all the good points of it. 
Who do you think the standout wide receiver for both sides is in this matchup? You got star-studded wide receivers, Godwins, Evans, Hill, Kelsey, if you want to throw him in there. Just a bunch of studs. Sammy Watkins is cleared. He's going to play. Who do you guys like to be the changing factor in the Super Bowl? Nick, oh. we'll start with you. All right. Uh, see, on the Kansas City side, it's got to be Tyreek Hill. Uh, we saw the Week 12 matchup, what he did. Uh, 200 and some odd yards, three touchdowns in the first quarter. Guy had a monster performance. So you know Tampa's defense, you know that guy's going to be highlighted. There's going to be at least double co- – you would think there's going to be double coverage all over him, all over that field. Somebody's going to be glued on him. So that's definitely the X factor for the Kansas City Chiefs. And for the Bucks, I'm going to have to go with Chris Godwin. I think a lot of focus is going to go on Mike Evans, and I think Godwin's going to be uh, the wide receiver that Brady's going to turn to for most of this game to get a good chunk of yards and eventually into the end zone. Well, who do you like? Is Antonio Brown good to go? I know he got hurt he last week. Yeah, he's going to play. I think it's going to have to be him then. He Like uh, a couple weeks ago, he had a huge game. You could see this being A.B.'s like laugh at the NFL and all the prior teams. He goes for like eight catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns, and a big one in the fourth and kind of just makes a Raider fan life a little bit worse. It's like I've seen this movie a hundred times. So, Goose, who do you like? I, uh, you know, uh, thank you for coming to me last as the wide receiver expert. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. Played the position. Well, you, you gave the line such a good no, grace, you know. <laughs> no, it's, uh, I think, I, I think it's, I think it's Brady's third and fourth weapons. I, I think, actually, I think it's both teams' third and fourth weapons. We saw Hardman against the Bills really get that team jump-started on the 50-yard end-around uh, that they ran. Uh, he's huge in the return game, too. I know they're going to use Tyreek Hill in the return game, too. Obviously, you know, as we watching the water boy, it's the last game of the season. Can't hold anything back now. And But you look at guys like Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, that have just, over the past couple weeks, come up with big play after big play, big catch after big catch in the brightest moments as young guys. Uh, I think that means something. Cameron Brait may or may not play in this game. We'll see. Uh, Demarcus Robinson for the Chiefs is going to play. He's off the COVID list. He was involved in that crazy story with Daniel Kilgore, the backup center who had his barber test positive right in the middle of his haircut. Thankfully, they finished the haircut, so he didn't look like an absolute fool. But uh, 20 Chiefs, including Patrick Mahomes, were scheduled to get haircuts from that guy. So uh, good thing they found that early. And uh, But Kilgore and Demarcus Robinson, who was a close contact, uh, both have been cleared. They've tested negative for, I think, six straight days, so they're good to go. Now let's get so. to the most important part of any football game. It's obviously defense. Which defense do you think is going to be a defining factor for the Super Bowl? Do you think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers slow down Patrick Mahomes like they did with the number one offense in the Packers? Or do you think the Kansas City defense does what they did last year, put a statement mark in the fourth quarter, rather, if they did it in the fourth quarter, and solidify themselves as the top unit still in the NFL? We'll start with Eric. Uh, I think it comes down to the Honey Badger up top for the Chiefs. I think if he can get forced a turnover or two, that could be a big change. And then the D-line for the Bucks. So they can get after Mahomes. I mean, it's football is easy on paper. You get to the quarterback, you hurry him. It makes it a lot harder to throw the ball 75 yards downfield, Tyreek Hill. If they can get after him, sack him a couple times, it would be a different game too. We also haven't really seen Mahomes throughout his career uh, running that often. Like, he's definitely mobile, but there's not many games where they're just – I mean, last week it felt like JPP was in the backfield every week, or two weeks ago, rather. Levante David's also been a stud. Yeah, so if they can get after him, it'd be interesting to see what Mahomes can do when there's uh, a lot of pressure on him. I mean, that is the formula to beat great quarterbacks to get pressure. Nick, we'll talk to you next. Yeah, I agree uh, with uh, Moltner. The Bucks D-line is definitely going to be the one to be uh, focused on, especially with this decimated Chiefs offensive line right now. And uh, – like you said to Goss before that uh, they at the end of the game got into got in got into the backfield and put pressure on Mahomes. I think they're gonna wear down that offensive line and they're gonna make enough stops. Goose, who do you like and who has more turnovers too? We'll get into that. Yeah, God, Brady threw three picks. God bless week. JPP. Thank God he's excelling somewhere because it's just the most giant thing to happen. Uh, but I'm sure Todd Bowles, you know, whipped up that little phone that he's got and called Robert Sala. Uh, from the defense coordinator for the 49ers from last year's Super Bowl and trying to figure out what he did in order to slow down Mahomes at least, you know, until the end of the fourth quarter. Um, it, it's just, but I'm not going against Steve Spagnuolo against Tom Brady. I like that matchup. That matchup's proven successful <laughs> for Spagnuolo before 2007. You say 13 uh, years ago. <laughs> in particular. But, uh, hey, I'll, I'll take it. So uh, that's, that's who I'm going with. I think Honey Badger's. The X factor. If he if he plays great, I think this defense is going to be really successful, and uh, they they have a they have a chance to slow Brady down. Brady's going to throw you the ball. Like there's going to be opportunities for turnovers. You just got to take advantage of it. Um, you can, although some turnovers, 
I talked about this after the Packer game. You got to kind of take with a grain of salt. Like his third pick was basically an arm punt. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just one of those things where yeah, it goes down as a turnover, but they were gonna punt the ball anyway. So uh, you just got to look out for it, and you got to be ready for it, like Logan Ryan was uh, with the Titans to steal the game last year in his last game as a Patriot. So huge uh, discipline, the Giants too. Love that guy. Love yeah. that guy. So let's get into our picks. Obviously, we're going to wrap the Super Bowl. We will get into the season wrap-up, talk about some things that happened in the season and free agency. But who do you guys like? Super Bowl, Andy Reid versus Bruce Arians, Tom Brady versus Mahomes, Kelsey versus Gronk. There's a ton of matchups you could say. Who do you guys like? Nick, we'll start with you. I think this one's going to come down to uh, one defensive stop. Give your spread. For the Give batters out spread. There. Give your spread. Um, I'm going to say four, four and a half. The spread right now is three. So I'm gonna say Bucks. Uh, give me the Bucks to cover that, but it's gonna be in a comeback fashion. I think the Bucks defensive line makes it either a big sack, big turnover, something where the ball gets back into Brady's hands with just enough time on the clock. We've seen this movie before. I know how it ends. Tom Brady and the Bucks come from behind and win. Oof. Yeah, this one's really tough. Every time I think about it, I want to say Brady's gonna come back and win. I want to say Mahomes is gonna score 45 points and Brady can't score enough of it. So, I mean, ask me Sunday. I'll probably have a different pick, but I'll take the Chiefs covering the three points, too. Goose, yeah. a question, baby. Yeah, this has, been one of, this has been one of the toughest Super Bowls to pick in a while because, again, you don't want to, you've seen you don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes, and you've also seen you don't want to bet against Tom Brady. So, but now you have to bet against one of them. And I'm going to take the Chiefs in this game. I'm going to take them 24-20, to 20, so I have them cover uh, the three-point spread. I just think Mahomes in that offense makes enough plays, uh, and and Honey Badger comes through. Uh, the, it, I think he actually does what Nick talked about the Bucks D line doing. I think he gets a big sack or turnover late in the game uh, that kind of seals it for him, and they're able to run out the clock. But it, it's man, it's it's tough. I, you could see it happening either which way. Uh, I got a, another gambling question for you guys. I saw <laughs> sack happen first or a touchdown happen first. Whoa. That's a great question. I'm going sack. I'm going sack, too. It's a amount of pressure the Bucks have been bringing last week on Aaron Rodgers especially. Like, if they could get to Patrick Mahomes, like, once the way they did to Aaron Rodgers, I think. It's going to happen first. It's, it's inevitable. Touchdown. Give me six. <laughs> He's looking tired. Yeah, I don't – that was like – when I heard Kick that one, just I was like, like that Hester did. Heads or tails? Now we got to go through all of them. <laughs> I'm going heads. Tails never fails. I'm a heads guy. Jeez, I'm going heads, too. <laughs> Call this Gatorade? I got I got blue or no I got red I have red. So looking forward to after the season, moving on after the <laughs> Super Bowl, it's a good question to ask yourself: If Tom Brady does win, does he retire? And if so, where do the Bucks go for a quarterback? We obviously heard Carson Wentz is on the move recently. He's definitely being traded from the Eagles. We'll start with you, Goose. If Tom Brady wins, does he retire? Where do the Bucks go for a quarterback, barring because Winston left? No, he's not leaving. He's eaten way too many avocados to leave. <laughs> uh, he he's still got some juice. The crazy part is, we forget it's his first year in the system. You know, like, they may be even better. Well, obviously, you got to see who they lose in free agency. They're likely to lose Chris Godwin. I'm sure he's going to get a big, uh, big payday, whether they win or lose. But we talked about this in the car ride here, Jolan. Brady doesn't – he doesn't have, you know, again, Nick mentioned that if he beats Mahomes, it's going to be – or Romo mentioned that if he beats Mahomes, it's going to be very difficult for Mahomes to overcome that, if at all uh, possible. So – you talk about what he has left to accomplish, and really the only thing he's got left is actually having a perfect season. That's that's the only thing I can think of. Let's go Giants, he, baby. Right, the Giants <laughs> stopped that, uh, obviously, a long, long time ago. It seems like ancient history now, but that that's the only thing he's got left to accomplish. But listen, if he says he's going to play till 45, who am I to not believe it? Well, you think he retires, and do the Bucks go new quarterback situation? Obviously I think he, he does. doesn't retire. I think it's tough to retire, win or lose, get into the Super Bowl. Um, and he clearly has stuff left in the tank. Like, this team, this offense was still moving the football. But in a movie tale-type situation, it makes so much sense. You beat Mahomes, who everyone says is the next GOAT. You can say he never beat me in the postseason. I beat him in the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game. Beat him twice, 2-0, and won my last ring, and you go out on top. So, like... It's a big reason why I mean, Jordan retired. Yeah, it's easy for like me to say you should retire with all that done because I'm not making uh, $25 million and playing NFL football, but like it'd be a cr- pretty perfect end to a perfect career if he were to retire. Nick, is he on his way out? No, but uh, I want to touch on what Maltner said too about how uh, about how if Mahomes doesn't beat Brady, 
it doesn't be Brady. He's not going to be. He's not going to be able to surpass him or be the goat. That uh, he's right. And uh, the thing is that when he lost to him, it's not like he lost to a prime time Brady in prime time Belichick system. He lo- he lost to an aging Tom Brady. Now I know he's that putting defense. up a he's putting up a real good fight against Father Time right now, and he's defying all the odds. Which I do think he'll play till at least forty five because he seems like the guy who wants to be one of the oldest. Uh, to ever play any position on he the field, he will be the oldest in the Super Bowl this so, week. So that's a nice, nice touch too. But even if Mahomes, so Mahomes loses to him, and let's say eventually he gets more Super Bowls, how do you justify that he's better than him when you lose to him twice after the age of forty? Well, yeah, and you look at it. I saw this stat, or I saw this comparison this week. If Mahomes loses, he's in the same boat Russell Wilson was after his third season, lost in the playoffs his first year, won the Super Bowl and the MVP the next year, Whoa. came back and lost the Super Bowl to a Tom Brady-led team. Was that the Marshawn Lynch run? Yeah, that was that was his third year. <sighs> P. Carroll, man. How many years ago was that? That was seven years ago. I still can't lost. believe they didn't give it to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> yeah. At least once, right? Like, I mean, at, at, at least once. And year in review, Carson Wentz is on the move, definitely. 100%. Carson Wentz is on the move. Matthew Stafford's on the move. Whoa. We got to talk about the tampering that went on. Whoa. Listen. Whoa, whoa. What it wasn't mean, tampering. Whoa. They were just having a nice oh, vacation. Good, just mad. coincidentally hanging out the let's, same let's area. Let's break down some NFL offseason moves. Goose, you know, let's start with the Stafford on the move. He was in Cabo with Sean McVay. Let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, you know, we talk about a lot of trades where teams are giving up, you know, bags of Lay's chips and. You know, some free basketballs. But really, this one... <laughs> you know what? I, I hate that guy. I, I don't even know why. But in this trade, it seemed like, you know, the Rams gave up a pretty hefty price to get Matthew Stafford. I believe it was, what, two ones? And Jared Goff and a third? And a third. And a third. Uh, I got asked this question. You know, I think uh, a lot of people have said it's too much. We got to wait and see. We really do have to see what the Rams do. Um... You know, you could say now whether you believe the Rams will be that good, but if Stafford delivers to them what they think he can, they could have traded, you know, the rest of their draft picks to the end of time because that's what the Rams have been all about. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. And that's what it is all about. They have a real small window. Ramsey's contract small. They really put everything on the table, and this is about them needing to win a Super Bowl or their rebuild is going to take a very long time. I mean, also, it already will. They also don't have a salary cap. Like, it seems like the L.A.'s teams just don't have a salary cap. They just find ways to bring in dudes with massive contracts all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's gonna it's one day. Crazy. It's gonna eventually come back to bite them. And if they don't win a title in the next, I'll say three to four years of Stafford's window, right? Then bust. you could say it's not, you know, it's not worth it. It's too much. But again, if Stafford brings you to where you want to, where you think he can go, three points in the Super Bowl. but I mean, bro, let's talk about it. Jared Goff, you got to feel for the guy, right? He's three years removed from. Mm-hmm. Almost beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl that is a, in a in a game they three points in, in, Super Bowl. in a game they thought again if they make you know a few more plays they probably win that game. Now he's going to go live in Detroit, and again <laughs> nothing against Detroit, but going from L.A. to Detroit with a coach who's going to bite kneecaps off. It's the opposite. That's of a M&M. tough sell. <laughs> it is a very tough sell to any quarterback. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, it definitely sucks for Derek Goff. I mean, Detroit's cold. L.A. is not cold. <laughs> but uh, the one thing the Rams do great when you look at it is get rid of guys when it's time to get rid of them. Todd Gurley cut him off before the knee got any worse. Brandon Cooks got rid of him before they thought it could get worse. You know, he's played pretty well the rest of his career. And now Goff, you know, they're not one of those teams that would rather sit around and keep trying it out. They'd rather just cut it cut it right where it hurts and get move on from it. I actually like to trade. I think this is one of the trades that I think both teams actually really benefit from, which you never really see in sports. I mean, you know, Detroit's now got four picks in the next two years to figure out what the hell they're doing. Um, and hopefully, you, on paper, Stafford should help this offense really move the ball. That defense is legit, and uh, they should be one of the favorites next year, in my opinion. Yeah, I like this move a lot for the Rams. I am a huge Matt Stafford fan, personally. I think that uh, he got the short end of the stick being Detroit with all those years I think the only player he really had was Calvin Johnson and they ran and they, him out of town yeah, they ran him out of town out of the league yeah. staying far away but this guy continued to put up numbers with these god awful teams he's been beat up chewed up spit out and he goes back out there he's a warrior he's got a can of an arm I think it's a great move and it's 
definitely going to be a factor for them to get to is, possibly the NFC Championship. Is Stafford top 10 if he has like a Super Bowl under his belt in the next four years? Top, top 10, 10 what? what? All Quarterback time? all time. He has the fastest 50K, beat Matt Ryan for that. I think he goes to the Hall of Fame. He has the most passing yards on least completions. Top 10 all time? Top 10 all time. No. Not all no, time. He has the numbers. No. Hold on. He, he has the, the numbers. Fame. He has uh, the numbers to provide If he wins a ring, he might go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. But like, I don't know. I'm dude, not putting him top 10. This I'm is a yeah, dude who has a high 10. completion percentage and a high clip for years. Tons of yards under his belt. Not top 10, but right now borderline Hall of Famer. Maybe yeah. the Rams get something out of him. We yeah, the Rams have worse we weapons, though. you got to keep that in mind, too. He's going from a pretty decent system. Uh, O-line, no. Yeah, but still, they yeah, have, they have Galladay, Hawkinson. Uh, who's the other receiver there? Uh, who's the number two? Marvin Jones Jr. They just got Swift out of the backfield. They have a decent like like the Rams have weapons, but that is true. I don't know if Woods, Cup, and well, the the Ever, running back trio yeah, is and Higby are as good. Rich, uh, no, Cam no, Akers, no, actually pretty decent. Akers, Henderson, and yeah, and Brown. But uh, so I think his tar is like weapons do get a little worse. But I do think he's a lot better than Jericho. I mean, obviously, it's also nice for him to have a defense. Too. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, his, his coach doesn't know what that is. That much better. Right? Sean McVay with a quarterback like Stafford, I think, is. A little bit better than Matt Patricia mm-hmm. with a guy like Stafford. So also yeah. underrated that Detroit's GM was part of the Rams system for like ten years or something like that. Let's talk about the Rams GM here because there's some collusion going on around this situation. Cool, bring so, it all up, <laughs> Goose. What happened in Cabo this past weekend? What do you, oh, oh yeah, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford coincidentally being in Cabo at the same time as it's the weird. trade went down. Listen, I I don't care about the tamper like this whole thing about tampering and people get fined and all that. I don't care. Like it's <laughs> like if they're down in Cabo. They're having a good time. They're not. They're not here where we got thirty inches of snow. So like, good for them. They're all hanging out, having a good time. Let's talk about Carson Wentz for a little bit. Another quarterback. Oh, do we have to on the move? Yeah. Where does he go? Is it the Bears? Is it the Colts? Is yeah, it I'm Sand gonna sit this one out. Is it the Texans? <laughs> is it the Texans? Whoa. The Texans. Who knows? The Sean Watson about might not move for Carson Wentz. You never know. Are they, tra- are they gonna? Where's tra- Carson Wentz going, boys? I have no clue. Not Houston. Tell. If I had two guesses, or off the top of my head. I'm going to go Indianapolis and New England, and I'd lean towards Indianapolis. Don't ever say New England again. That's been a big one. We wish them purgatory for 10 years, dude. I'm not kidding. With Frank Reich. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good one. Yeah, then the Colts and my second guess would be the Bears. Dumb Bears. Because I think the Bears are in a weird spot too, because they have to re-sign Mitch now, right? Or it's his fifth year option after this year. I don't think they're picking it up. I yeah, so they're in a weird spot too, and that defense is the same, same thing. Pretty legit. Need a quarterback to get it going, uh, but the Colts makes the most sense on paper. They're I think need it, a weapon too. I think it depends what you're giving up for Wentz. Is the mm-hmm. harder question like, is he worth a first round pick? It's 100%. a big contract. It's, it's, it's like twenty six million, twenty eight million. Well, when you for a guy it, who stunk. Uh, when you put it like that, now I don't know. Contracts like, I, that big, but like no. the problem is that the Bears are bidding with the Colts. It's going to end up being at least a first. Yeah. And it, would you have to ask yourself if. Carson Wentz is worth a first-round pick. What's Deshaun Watson worth? So, uh, a lot of questions. Well, that, that question came right after you saw what Matt Stafford got. Yeah. I mean, yeah, true. Goose, to, bro, just, Wentz like, go? think about it. Like, Carson Wentz, if he goes to Chicago to get reunited with Nick Foles, I mean, you can't write this in Hollywood. You really Nick Foles can't. would beat him out. No, he wouldn't. No, 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 play the playoff games. Yeah. That's how this would work. <laughs> But well, that's got it. There's no way because you got to think how that's not going to work with him mentally. This guy was in oh, Philadelphia. After they him. get rid of Nick Foles, he walks in the locker room all the time of the statue of the backup that won it after he led the team there, gets hurt, and he finishes the job. Nick Foles is a folk hero in Philadelphia, and poor Wentz gets nothing. Oh, Chicago wouldn't care, but yeah, no, mentally he'd be <laughs> absolutely destroyed. But in terms of Deshaun Watson, you know, we had we had Brett Favre come up this week. And uh, he came out of the Levi's commercials uh, to talk a little football. And he said, Deshaun Watson, uh, when when asked about it, he said Deshaun Watson makes too much money uh, to have an opinion. Ryan Jeans boy said that? Uh, yeah. yeah he, <laughs> the one who retired early to get out of a team situation said that? Which which is funny. Cause, Old Ben Favre? Uh, because, again, it sounds, like, it sounds a lot like when we heard Shut Up and Dribble. A lot like just a different, someone actually like more connected to the game. Um, but yeah, no, Brett Favre. You, is, <laughs> Brett Favre. It's got to be one of the most hypocritical statements in a long, long time. Like coming from that dude, like no way, and absolutely not. I get his sentiment. He played in a time where players really didn't 
like talk about their contracts except for like him. that. Except for him, literally, right. the guy who forced retirement because they didn't want Aaron Rodgers there anymore. In that era, it was him and Carson Palmer that forced their way out of teams. Uh, you got your Eli Manning situation too, but yeah. yeah. But there's only a couple guys that, that do it, as opposed to today when you're always hearing contract disputes in every league. It's always what can the player do for the owner more than what can the owner do for the player now. Players are in full control; they if, know it. If you look at that situation, Houston's got to be the most undesirable place to go. Right? Oh, easy. Like I, I mean, mean yeah, I get it. You're you in Texas. Stars in all leagues. You know it's bad like, when the guy puts the Jets on the list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like where the Jets are going. This is I true. Be the first one to say yes, that. but like, look at that season though. I mean, after you see that, and, you and they just they fired a defensive head coach too. Yeah, so he'd rather go to play with a defensive-minded guy. Apparently, mm-hmm. he likes him. He wants to win games though. That's the big thing. The he has respect around the league. Like Rob Sala has, or Sala has that respect around the entire. Listen, it's league. not like defensive mind coaches hasn't worked before. No, but if I'm like a young quarterback like Watson, I want to go play for like a McVay or someone no, like absolutely. that. That's gonna like Shanahan, put you in the best spot. Yeah, the, the Niners. Like, the, well, imagine him going there. His OC is gonna be uh, Lafleur's brother. Which, after what we saw in the NFC Championship game, might not be the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> but uh, but no, it, like it'll at least. There'll be some creativity there. Yeah. Listen, Before I just want the Jets. The Jets are going to trade everything, including the plane, the team plane, to get this guy, and I'm all excited about it because they're going to trade away a lot of a lot of future talent, which they could use desperately. Use. Talk to a Jet fan today, and he listed out all the needs on the team, and bro, it's longer than a grocery list. It really is. It's bad. So if you got all those needs, and you trade the entire farm for Deshaun Watson. Be my guest. Then you gotta think. You gotta so trade Darnold. Sort of. Actually, what's he worth? Actually, if the Jets trade for Deshaun Watson, I would like as the Giants to include the rights for us to call a Giant Stadium again. They sell away their their portion of the stadium. Well, yeah, they should that's get out of here. Happen. Since the season is wrapping up, let's we should name it a Giant Stadium again. Let's kind of do a bit of an awards thing. Let's start with the MVP. Who do you guys think was your MVP for the season in total? Got great guys. Josh Allen, Rogers. Who do you was, like? I think it was Rogers this year. He, just had, he just had a great year. This was his this was his FU tour. Of course, he ran it to Tom Brady. I love it. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, he he had the best year to me that any, that any of the quarterbacks had. Uh, he played terrific ball. Not Devontae so. Adams. Come on, snapping the receivers. Who's got to throw it to him, bro? <laughs> Who do you like? Uh, yeah, I think it's Rodgers. I don't think it's really close either. When I was on this podcast last time, I said it was the start of his MVP run. And I think he had like an actually incredible run since I said that on this podcast. Not taking credit for what Aaron Rodgers did, but He's having an incredible golf run right now. Dude. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Mulder's had, had some good runs. He had no. that one. Oh, yeah, he yeah. then came in the one time when uh, Oakland uh, Raiders beat the Vegas Chiefs. was supposed to play Kansas City. He deemed it completely over. They went on that little run where they got hot for a little yeah. while. Let's not talk about the Raiders. All right, let's like, leave them alone. <laughs> but yeah, have the have that moment. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's Rodgers. I really don't. I mean, his numbers were incredible this year. He had like seven picks and like forty touchdowns or something like he that. Has the highest touchdown interception ratio in the NFL three times, I believe. It's the most ever. Been yeah. Passing Tom Brady for two. Silly. Nick, who do you like? Get the brooms out, Rogers, and it's not oof, close. Oof. No love for Josh Allen. Listen, nah. uh, don't get me wrong. I like Josh Allen. I love what he did with the Bills, and I think uh, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. But if we're going by who is by far the best player in the league, they lit a fire under Aaron Rodgers, and he showed why he's. A whole thing bound. Yeah, is that Love Kid going to play at all in this contract? Who knows? <laughs> no. That's actually a great question because Rogers didn't play much until the end of his rookie contract. Yeah, too. they don't they don't have it, but I would say Josh Allen would be up for most improved player if they're. Mm-hmm. In, I was just they, about to ask they that. They don't, they don't have that award. If they had it, who would you Which pick they most don't. improved? Josh Allen. Josh so he Allen. gets the air it out award. No Stephon right Yeah, Josh Allen gets the air it out award. We we give out most improved player of the year. <laughs> I don't think I like Josh Allen to win most improved player of the year. Why? Who, because who there's it? guys I like. Like who? Evan Ingram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no. Pro Bowl this year. No, honestly, honestly, if you want to talk about most improved players, you look at guys like Dalvin Cook, who is coming off of sort of an injury esque so comeback player of the year. Yeah. Or like we, the most, we already have an award for that. Yeah, not, but not, I'm talking most improved about where they were last year as opposed to where they are this year. That's not involving essentially a total career ending injury like Alex Smith. You got guys like Stephon Diggs, who got new life in a rejuvenated spot. Credit to Josh Allen, but another trade that both teams benefited mm-hmm. from. You see, even, even rookies, honestly, Joe Burrow, like the whole yeah. Bengals offense could have been the most improved team ever before he got hurt. Like there's a big, a you lot got, of big. You got to play more than seven three. games to win most improved player. I mean, that's a fair especially point. the aired out most improved player. Yeah, <laughs> who's the biggest aggress? Daniel Jones. Next question. Oh, it's Evan Ingram. <laughs> 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 you answered that before. He went from awful draft pick to the worst Pro Bowl selection we may have ever seen. 
Uh, but but I think question. Wentz is the most regressed player this year. That's oh, actually a that's, very good that's point. That's a good point. Him and Ingram are in Cabo. Together. Evan Ingram was never that good. So, so. But, like, <laughs> in your eyes, he was. He was never that. I mean, Wentz uh, was almost MVP, what, three years ago? Dude, he top, had 30 touchdowns in eight games. He was Never top 10 that. QB coming into this year. Probably people think he was going to be good again. And I mean, One stack. He was top division. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's your coach of the year? You obviously got guys here. Ron Rivera. Well, uh, I think, break it down. actually, hold on. Break it down. Let me back up. I think Stefanski wins it. I think Rivera would be my coach of the year. Because you're a um, sentiments guy. Ron Rivera, again, obviously he took that team to the playoffs. Uh, while fighting through cancer and going through chemo and stuff. But, listen, Stefanski is probably going to win it because he broke the Browns' curse. He broke the Browns' curse of getting to the postseason. They won a game in the postseason this year. I mean, come on. Hey, where are you going, Joan? You Joe giving Judge, me a head shake? Dog water. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, who do you like? <laughs> uh, it's got to be Stefanski. As a Raider fan, watching the Browns do what they did, it was like it, it made me believe it's possible that I could see that, like, have fun again one day. So it's, it's Stefanski. <laughs> Fans, if you're on the edge right now, stick there. Yes, the Bra- if the Browns oh, can do it, anyone God. can do it. So. That's actually very sad to believe, but, like, I yep. the Giants could do it. <laughs> yeah, it's a no-brainer that Stefanski to get it just because of the, all the Browns' history and just awfulness coming yeah. out of Cleveland. And they won a playoff game. Like, that's I'm just going to throw my two cents in. I think Sean yeah, they beat a good, had an incredible they, well, year. They beat the oh, Steelers, who were probably a lot better on paper than they were in, on the field, but... That's still a good win. Yeah. Well, and they, I mean, they almost browns it away. Oh, yeah. You know, they lose to the Jets, and, you know, then you start worrying. Then you see the scenarios, and you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Stefanski it, wasn't even at the game. And the COVID yeah. problems. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got through an NFL season. Speaking of COVID problems, there is yeah. no more COVID problems. Everybody's deemed clear. A couple yeah, guys until, need to get until we get somebody test positive in the middle of the game. Go to the locker room. Until it's come Brady back. Mahomes, and we have a Chad Henne versus Blaine Gabbert Super Bowl. Until they until they go to the locker room, then come back out for the trophy presentation, like we saw in baseball. Uh, that's when COVID will be all Turner. over. Yeah, yeah, he's still unsigned. Speaking um, of new sports, let's wrap up football. Yeah, no, we, I mean, listen, we'll we'll talk a little college football now. Uh, college football obviously has been over for a while, but NCAA football, the video game, is back, and uh, I can see the grins on everybody's faces already. Not mine. Uh, EA sucks. <laughs> EA Sports, fix your... Never mind. <laughs> All right, so Jolan's out of this conversation. Guys, I see <laughs> EA Sports is dog water. <laughs> like, the epitome of garbage games, microtransactions, <laughs> and, like, making a quick dollar off their fans. Bro, I can't tell you what dog water tastes like. So it's I bad. can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> oh, what you are saying. It's confirmed Jolan's really bad at Madden. That's like, what he's <laughs> saying to you guys no, right no. now. All I'm saying is, if I put money into a slot machine, I, I like... What are you mad about right now? Like, microtransactions in EA. Like, if you play like, Ultimate what? Team, you pay to get to the table. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't just try to gamble. And, like, you got to pay to like get a chance to gamble. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't know. EA, you're going down. <laughs> Nick, what, what do you got to say about the game coming back? Uh, I just can't wait to uh, build up a guy, swag him out, and then just sit there and really invest too much time and decision into a fake college and fake career. <laughs> I'm going to put 11 year When the Heisman four times. I'm going to put 11 year old kids on notice with like old Tebow 2007 Florida. <laughs> like just ball out on these guys. We're still waiting on a 30 for 30 on that team because um, out of the 128 players they had 41 of them were arrested at one point. I saw and that. one guy was a possible is... preacher. <laughs> yeah. And one guy was a triple murderer. Wait, um, wait, wait. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, you had a preacher in Tim Tebow. I'm pretty sure a racist in their wide receiver. I forgot his name. Riley, Riley Cooper. Cooper. Riley yeah. Cooper was a racist. You had a dude murdering people at tight end. Pouncey Twins, who are dominant in both Hall of Famers. Like that team, if you really break it down, was crazy. Whoa! Yeah. They give Ray Lewis in the U a run. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you think about the game coming back? Uh, I think it's pretty cool. I'd like it more if the college guys somehow made money off of it. I'm, I'm big into paying players, especially if you're going to use their number and basically make the guy look just like them. Might as well throw them a couple dollars. They're like the task Yeah, but uh, it's also a really cool game. You know, you get to make a guy win the Heisman. My favorite thing to do was like to become like a head coach and bring like a Rutgers or a Tulsa and make them like rank dynasty. Yeah, you're in like you're like week twelve. You're like ranked fourth in the nation. You're excited about it, and <laughs> it like, doesn't mean anything. It's, it's, just, it's just a video game. <laughs> it's 
still a great way to pass on. Yeah. Yeah. Shiano Molnar's coming for your job. Yeah. Um, what do you like? Yeah. You no, I mean, listen, that? thank you for giving us a positive answer <laughs> on that one. I felt kind of, it was getting more depressed there. <laughs> um, but no, I'm excited for it to come back. I think, you know, they said it's not going to be ready for two, three years. They want it to be on the new, uh, what is it, the next gen console. Yeah. Uh, so it's gonna I, cost thirty grand to get the new console. Right. Yeah, sixty-five bucks a And I think I think by that point, uh, apparently the name and likeness, the, the name image likeness thing, right. uh, the way it's going, I think the players by the time this game comes out, uh, it'll just be like the NFL where they just get cut a check. No, you know. Here's the problem, and here's oh, where geez. we differ. Those kids getting cut a check compared to the NFL is gonna be like, oh, we use your name and likeness. Here's two dollars and fifty cents a week for the rest of your life, like. I guarantee these kids will not be I don't be think that's how that works. Comfortably for what they're naming. The we should make basketball. it money. I don't know what it's going to be. It'll be more than $2.50, but... But, like, I think it's going to be some swindle thing because they got to pay every yeah, but, player. Yeah, but the, like, the guys well, in the NFL get paid a portion of the profits. So they're not they're not point. just, like... And the profits aren't, you know... Well, 10% of their profits is not $2.50. With the new Madden, their, their launch date's only a certain percent of their profits. Most of their margins come in after you buy the game in their cosmetic stores and stuff. Like Yeah, but I don't think the new NCAA game's going to have, like, Tulsa's full roster on there. I think you'll have, like, Bama's, <laughs> Florida's, like, all the big schools. That makes sense. You'll have their, yeah, and you'll probably yeah. only have, like, their starters. Like, if you go to, like, your fifth wide receiver, it'll just be, like, number 12 running <laughs> out there. Like, it won't be a guy. I know what you mean. But, like, if you want to play with, like, you know, like, Joe Burrow, if he was, like, you know, back then, you could definitely get a guy, a quarterback that says Burrow when you're running as long as, I got a, uh, as long as I got a cigar in my hand while I'm playing as Joe Burrow, <laughs> it seems like a pretty cool proposition. I'm going to get away from Jolan's uh, monologue there. Uh, we're going to talk a little NBA. Uh, we had some interesting events happen uh, this past few weeks. And uh, let's start in Brooklyn where we saw on national television, Kevin Durant was told he could not start because somebody he was in close contact with had an inconclusive COVID test. He then was inserted into the game. First time in his 867-game career, he came off the bench. Then he was pulled from said game and taken off the court uh, because, I guess, apparently it came back as a confirmed positive test. Uh, this was just a weird situation. We saw James Harden was pissed about it. Uh, guys, the question is, if there was even a hint of doubt that he was in close contact with somebody who who has COVID, you know, obviously they didn't know they had to confirm it, should they have played that game? Uh, they should have played it, but he should never have Been went there. from not playing to playing. Because now, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist to know exactly how this works, but now isn't every guy that he touched on that court, aren't they now possibly close contact too? I'm not, once again, I don't really know how all this works. I feel like stuff's made up all the time about how it works each <laughs> week. Is. But, like, wouldn't you think if you ever high-fives one guy, there's a chance now he's got to sit too? And as the Nets, you're, they're what, the three-seed right now, sitting comfortable. you got 50 more games. If there's a hint of it, just sit him out. Like, let's wait the day. You still have James Harden and Kyrie Irving running the court. If you can't win a basketball game with those two, oh, well. You you lost that day. You know what I mean? So, it was a weird situation for me. Yeah, definitely an interesting situation. I agree 100%. Like, if this was an issue before and it was brought up, why you would even have him go into that situation where now, like Maltner said, if he touches somebody, daps somebody up, even if he touches the basketball, the referees, all those different players are now in jeopardy of it. So it's either at that point when he's on the court, you might as well let him finish the game, or you go from the or from the be before the tip off. You say that's it, he can't play. Yeah, yeah. just a just a crazy situation, and it was it was weird every time every time ESPN panned the camera to him, he didn't have a mask on. On the bench, although when he went into the game, he was getting handed a mask, taking it out of the packaging. Just a real weird, weird thing to I watch unfold. It, it is a weird situation, but I also blame Kevin Durant for being a diva on Twitter. And don't get me wrong, I love Twitter, but as a grown man, you have to understand that it's all totally new to everybody. What's going on here? Yeah, they're making stuff up on the fly. Give him a break. It's one game of the season that doesn't really matter in the grand scope of things because you will make the playoffs. Well, according to James Harden. These games matter. Yeah, and so did the games for the Rockets the first 10 you skipped, buddy. So let's put it in perspective here. Listen, he was making the strip clubs money, okay? That's what he was doing. But, uh, no, the other big thing in the NBA this week was the All-Star game, big topic conversation. Uh, that was supposed to be the week. Uh, they were supposed to get five days off in March, kind of use that as a recovery. Uh, if they had to make up any games from this first half of the season. And now they want to have an All-Star game in Atlanta. And, uh, Molnar, I'm going to start with you. What are your thoughts on the All-Star game? I think the idea of the All-Star game is really stupid. Just as a whole, you're not going to make as much money. Yeah, there's no Fox. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to make that much money from fans and stuff. But I will say, 
if there is an all-star game, there better be a three-point competition and a dunk competition, or there's literally no reason because no one watches the all-star game to begin with. Yes. Like, you want to see your, your hometown guy make the all-star game. If he does, that's cool, but, like, realistically, none of us watch the all-star. No one wants to see 175 to 176 and hear LeBron say, oh, they really tried on defense this year. Give me a dunk competition. Let me see Steph Curry make 25 of 26 three-pointers. And that's all I really need to say. Uh, yeah, I agree with Walner, I think. But even anyway, when they have these All-Star games, it's really all for the fans. So they should have done it just because, one, there's going to be no fans there anyway, or maybe just a limited money or limited amount of people there. So the money they're going to get is really not that much in the grand scheme of things. But Or I agree with Mulder, too, with the skills. You want to see people slam dunk and do all those crazy tricks, jumping over cars and people, or a crazy three-point contest. Or, you know what, even make the game a little more fun. If you see, I'm going to use hockey as an example, they changed their all-star player format. So it's just uh, three-on-three hockey. If maybe basketball did something like that, like a three-on-three, this way you know you're not... Yeah, this way you know you're not going to get any defense, so this way you don't have to put five-on-five out there. Maybe you do a couple teams from each division or each... uh, each conference, and then you have a little little tournament, and let them do it like that. Adam Silver, you better be aware. We got Nick coming in for your job, bro. That's honestly <laughs> I, uh, a great idea. <laughs> I honestly, Nick, that was one of the first things I thought of when I heard the idea was, there's no fans there. What's the per? The whole point is the slam dunk contest. It's all all star weekend. They're all right. jumping up. The three point contest. Everyone's yeah. And it's not about the game. It's about right. all the so, things yeah. around the game. You want to go see the city mm-hmm. and then all the festivities that go on with Usually the all star game. With celebrities, right. Maybe like, run into a play or two, get an autograph, yep. and yeah. then see all this stuff. It's not about the game. And you know what? Maybe the million dollars for the players is nice or whatever it is they get. I'm, I actually have no idea. But I don't think in. Like a situation like this, it's not worth it. Yeah, and you see that some of these top guys in the league are not are not happy about it. We mentioned De'Aaron Fox; yeah. he called it stupid because again, look at all the protocols they have to go through to play just a re- normal regular season game. You know, now let alone an All Star game, everybody's flying in, everybody's traveling, doing all this stuff. You got guys like LeBron saying it was basically a slap in the face. And again, you know, you talk about a team like the Lakers. You know, they only got seventy one days off. You know that is that is a thing. That's a fair point. You know that that is they were supposed to use that as a five day break and and get some rest and get you know. So I understand the frustration there. You got guys like Giannis coming out saying you know uh, he's you know basically backing LeBron in his in his hate for the All Star game. You know and again right wrong or indifferent. This league for a long time has followed what LeBron not not to a T what he's done, but. The, their ideology uh, is, is, a team, is behind he was, it. He played in the bubble. A lot of people played in the bubble right after he said he was gonna. I'm yeah. sure they'll do one of those closed door meetings and bring in like the LeBrons, the Chris the Pauls, Chris Pauls yeah. yeah, the Giannis of the world, or Zoom Zoom call it whatever you want to do and say if we have this, will you guys come? Because the last thing the NBA needs is to decide to have it and then have all the big names no deny Lucas, going. Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah, not going. Well, they said they'll be then there. really no one will watch they, it. Yeah, yeah, they said they'll be there, but. You know, again, how being there and performing not, there, right, way right. different. Yeah, things. like, and let's be well, LeBron. Why the hell would he want to be playing in an All Star game? He's what thirty six now, played a million minutes. Right. Like that's just more. Why running. wouldn't he want to do it without the fans? Right, and also that's yeah. what that's what it's all about. Uh-huh. At this point. And then also too, like what Mulder said, the league's now in a situation where they're going to have to call these guys and make sure they're there because what's everyone going to do? Turn on their TV for the two minutes that they show LeBron on camera. He play, maybe he plays thirty seconds. Maybe he plays most of the first half. But whatever, the time he gets out, you know how many people are just going to tune off just because of him alone? Yeah. Yeah, seems like a very skeptical idea. Chris Paul in a tough spot because he's, he's the president of the Players yep. Association. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's obviously in those meetings. Uh, he's Leading saying he's meetings. saying a lot of neutral things right now uh, to stay on the good, you know, the good ear of the league uh, at this point. But, you know, it, it will be fun. You know, we got a month until that All-Star game would be. So... You know, we're going to get some answers here in the next few weeks, but we're going to talk some baseball now. A lot of interesting developments going on. We had a little discussion before we came in here. Steve Cohen, um, if you rob people, you're dead to me. Listen, <laughs> Steve Cohen's still going to be the manager of the Mets. Dude, if he gets paid, another, another white crime? Yeah, Doge Cohen's going to be the owner. My Doge bad. Way, way to, uh, it's, it's been a long day. He's still going to be the owner of the New York Mets. Uh, listen, if he wants to be manager, I'm just likely to get Steve, fired maybe. before he manages the game <laughs> anyway. Um but, I mean, I guess, you know, I don't know where the next scandal's coming from in the Mets organization. It's not the GM. We don't have one of those either. No. <laughs> no, they're probably the assistant guy. <laughs> Jeez. Whatever well, his uh, name is. That's 1064 text messages now. 
Uh, that was such a bad situation. But uh, Mickey Callaway, all that stuff came out this week. But, guys, obviously the big news is the Mets not getting Trevor Bauer. Uh, Bauer yeah. outage. Yeah. Boo. Yeah. Boo. That was bad. Boo. That's his name on Instagram. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, but he skips out on the Mets uh, to go to L.A., basically holding the Mets hostage to uh, to hopefully get a deal from the Dodgers. He did that, and uh, now he's in Dodger blue. What, what, what do we think? Gutless move. Uh, I think it's the Mets fans, this is what it feels like to be a Yankee fan, where you think you can buy everything and you never get the guy you really want. Uh, it's not fun. It happens often. Maybe you guys will really enjoy that now coming forward when you finally do get a good guy. But uh, it was a great offseason from that really rich owner you guys got. We were all happy about. You traded for Lindor. That was cool. But then you signed a, a backup catcher that you're not going to make a starter. And who else you guys get? A bullpen arm? It's a really good offseason. Was he worth $4 billion? <laughs> all right, cool. well, let's not be celebrating here. The Yankees did a bunch of stuff. You guys we, kept a first-round bu- exit team intact. Whoa, <laughs> so, whoa. Yeah. It was a second-round exit. And we're still got to be the favorite coming out of the AL again this year. What was the comparison on the getting- payroll of that game? Oh. Uh, the Miami Marlins went, made the playoffs last year, and the Mets did not. The Miami Marlins. No, that's a good point. They don't. They, I'm actually point. not going to say what I was going to say because it seat. probably wouldn't have been appropriate. But <laughs> the Derek Jeter made the playoffs in the NL East since <laughs> taking over the Marlins <laughs> before the Mets did. Just going to throw that out there. That's a fair point. I mean, Jeter. Ah, but uh, the only reason I'm going to say it's just a gutless move is that I don't like the fact that he just went and up and joined that uh, that Dodger team. That Dodger team really doesn't need that much help, if any. They're a monopoly. So now, okay. now look at it. Does, trust feel, I mean, it, does this feel like a KD to the Warriors type move? Yeah, it, it does. If there is well, a translation. Well, but he also duped like, everyone, too. He, again, it's two different sports, but is it is it that Yes, but that skill? at the same time, you got to tip your cat to him and his agent. How they marketed him and made him that much money is incredible. If you look at the numbers... Just strictly numbers and take away names, Jake Ordizzi and Trevor Bauer, their numbers are almost identical. Yeah, but that's One is worth. Young. Okay, yes. Except that last year, yes, that's going to give him a little bit of a push. But career numbers, Ordizzi has a slight edge over just strictly based on numbers, no yeah, names, and that. And one guy's worth probably three years, $45 million. One guy's making $40 million next year alone if he wants to opt out. Uh, uh, if yeah. the Mets can lock up Ordizzi, maybe JBJ, JBJ I'll be, yes. and then ex- extend baby. Conforto. Extend Lindor. I'll be very happy with this all season. Another bullpen arm would not hurt either. (laughs) Uh, The one thing I will say about Bauer is I think him going to L.A., he's higher up in the rotation than he would be with a healthy Mets. Like, when Syndergaard comes back healthy, Bauer is now your three on paper, I'd say. I would say Syndergaard's a three just because the Tommy John and a guy that size – also, we don't know. Maybe yeah, you don't reports know. are saying that he's he's healthy and they think he's be back earlier than expected. But you don't know if this guy's going to come in who was throwing 100 miles an hour and now throwing 95. You're yeah, right. you don't know that. No, you're five right. miles an hour is a huge difference. But I think Bowers the no doubt two now in L.A. Hey, behind Bueller. And who knows yeah. that Walker Bueller passed next season? He's up for contract. So next yeah, season. and so. so I mean, I think Kershaw's on his way down and out. So I mean, Bauer, this could be Bowers' rotation in two years. Um and he made the most money because pitching is just now the biggest thing in baseball. You need that more than everything. And he was easily the best guy. Like, I understand his numbers on paper were like different with everyone, but come off of Cy Young mm-hmm. and the, like he was like the only real big time pitching free agent out there right now. Right, like the difference maker, move move the needle type guy. And LA went all in. You know they they are already over yeah. the luxury tax, so why <laughs> not? If you're gonna go, if you're gonna pay extra money, you might as well really earn it and pay extra money. I mean, uh, the rich keep getting richer in LA. This yeah, seems like I mean, the city of celebrities. Bueller, Kershaw, May, Price, Bauer, Urias. Yeah, well, the, Price is the done. I, they're not playing Price. That guy stinks. And Jackie Bradley Jr. of the Mets. That guy stinks too. He what? could. He can't hit a beach ball if you. I would just use him for they, mostly they defensively JBJ situations. Yeah, that's what I want. He bets the Red Sox did right. They picked. They kept JBJ over Mookie. No, they kept Chris Sale over Mookie Betts. Oof. That's gonna haunt and that guy stinks too. Tommy John, isn't that's he's gonna, coming off of like dude, his arm. His arm's done. Bus. That dude's done. <laughs> the Red Sox are done. They won't be good for probably five years. That organization's in trouble. But and they deserve it. Baseball might be done if they don't bounce back. And that NL West is gonna be sports. fun out there. Yeah, the, the Dodgers, Dodgers, Padres. That's gonna Padres be sick. Got some pitchers now. Oh, and, and the they show. they swing at three zero pitches. The show. I believe the show is coming. Xbox now. Crossplay too. And Tatis is gonna be on the cover, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Slam Diego. That was electric last year. We started recording around when Slam Diego was picking up. 
That was real fun to be a part of. Baseball's like, also in a real interesting situation with the owners right now. They're trying to push back the season, and who knows if there's going to be a universal DH or not. they got to get this thing figured out. Spring training is only a couple weeks away. Yeah. And, listen, I'm even though I always like to say that I was a purist of baseball, I love when the pitchers would hit, mostly because the Mets could have hitting pitchers. And it was always, too, it was fun to watch a pitcher hit a home run every once in a while. That Bartolo Colon moment was probably one of the coolest it's things sexy, to watch baby. in sports. Regardless saying. if you were a Mets fan or not, that's mm-hmm. still pretty cool to watch. But I think uh, how John was saying that baseball is slowly starting to die. If they want to market this game and they want to revive and get fans and younger generation, they need to have a universal DH. They need to let these... They need to let the kids bat flip, use their antics, and just put all like that old school baseball thought process behind them. Yeah, I don't understand why there's not a universal DH. It makes zero sense to me. Uh, Nick was saying he likes watching pitchers hit. That's because the Mets bomber lineup already batted 185, so who cares if it's a pitcher Ooh. or your second baseman? Um, but yeah, it makes no sense. It just makes more sense for players, too, like the players' union. You're extending guys' careers, guys that get bad knees, bad backs, whatever, that can't play left field, center field, right field anymore, third base. They can now go DH for two or three years. I, just, I think it just extends guys' careers. And it opens up more jobs. Yeah. And Add more runs. More hitters, too. Yeah. Even more poppies. More, yeah, poppies more runs like. get scored. More people are going to want to watch the home run. I mean, look at the Yankees. They can more afford having Stan on this team still because he, we can DH him. And God forbid that guy stays healthy and hits 40 home runs. People are going to love watching that. He doesn't the Mets. With, with the Mets. What's the left? Well, the other. The other guy, too. What's his face? J.D. Davis? No. The left fielder, that's not Dom Smith. That gets hurt every year. That fell off the cows. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Yeah, <laughs> fell off the cows. I'm saying that dude can DH in the National League, too. Oh, yeah. That's so true. I mean, he can hit the crap out of the ball, but he, yeah. I mean, defensively, yeah, dude, he's got to be able to still stay on the field, so. It just doesn't make sense that there's not a DH. And realistically, I, who wants to watch? I know, like, watching a pitcher hit the ball is, like, so it's, fun it's and cool. Not, but, like, in a real do-or-die game, you want your pitcher batting every nine guys or a guy that can actually hit No, the but ball? I think it makes the manager manage a lot more intently in the game situations. Sure, yeah. Because then you got to like, realize, like, all right, what am I going to do here? My pitch, Let's say it's late in the game, say it's the eighth, his his bats do open the lineup, but he's cruising with a shutout and X amount of pitches. I'd rather watch. Now, the, yeah, it's better right? hard for the manager, but I'd rather see. I'd rather watch that pitcher keep dominating right. and watch a DH hit as a fan. Like if, yeah. like even no, if it's against that. my team. Like if, like you know, when Garrett Cole was on the Astros and he was dominating the Yankees in the playoffs. I mean, it was still fun. You don't like to watch your team get three hit, but it's still like <laughs> this dude is th- unreal right now. It's unhittable. Imagine they had to yank him because his bat was coming up. It takes away from the fan. I don't know. I just no. I, I think it's you, stupid. I, I get what you dumb. mean, but I'm just saying like with, with the without the DH now, it makes like the manager more of more involved in the game and there's yeah. more thinking and more strategy behind it. Yes, there is. I'm still a fan of when baseball the- has progressed beyond the need of managers. Oh, the Yankees don't use a manager. They, <laughs> Boone makes zero decisions. He doesn't do they, He gets a lineup card every morning and says, okay. That's how we do it. Well, I still will miss DeGrom single-handedly winning games for himself because... <laughs> the <yeah>. one score. <laughs> no, no, two solo home runs. I have both gonna, the RBIs. The Mets could have signed everybody they wanted this offseason, and he will still get one run. One run do you think that run. helped or hurt Bauer coming to the Mets? Yes. Like, seeing that? I think yes. so. 100%. Being like, dude, if I have a like, if Bauer has a, he well, probably has where he ends th- up in the rotation. If I'm Mets, yeah. Mets three if I'm through tr- five get like ten runs of run support. <laughs> also, like, it happens all the time. Again, just looking away from the lineup too. If I'm Trevor Bauer now, I'm coming off my Cy Young year. I'm going to go to New York with a guy who went back to back, who's already regarded as one of the best generational pitchers so far. The best mm-hmm. pitcher in New York and b- best pitcher right. in baseball right, right now. Yeah, just throw that comment in there, Goose. All right. <laughs> For about a hundred and some odd million less, but whatever. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. He was, he was. I, Garrett Cole did me no problems this year. I, Garrett Cole's great, but uh, but yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch. Um, just to kind of wrap it up, some local stuff going on. Uh, Moltner, we know you are the basketball coach over at the high school for the uh, JV team. Mm-hmm. Uh, heavily involved. How is that going? Talk about some of the protocols in place. New, new, different kind of season. Than you've ever had before. Yeah, super weird. Uh, guys got to warm up in masks, on the bench wearing a mask. Referees don't touch the ball. We don't tip off anymore. You flip a coin for who gets the ball. That's legendary. Yeah, it's weird to see. Every time the ball goes out of bounds, ref doesn't touch it. Players are to go pick it up. He blows a whistle and they throw it in. Free throw, same thing. Your teammate passes you the ball after a free throw. Uh, Glenrock actually played their first game against us on Friday because they had a COVID shutdown. Um, nice. They're actually pretty lucky, though, because they practice in different gyms with each, uh, the JV, varsity, and freshmen, so they could, like, isolate themselves. 
We obviously don't have the gym space here in Pompton, so the freshmen are by no. themselves. Yeah. So that is actually crazy that we kind of we tried to keep the roster somewhat small because of everything going on. And I think we're at 17, and it's still maybe too many guys for the Pompton Lynch gym. It's still probably too many because that gym is so stupid small. But, um, yeah, it's just different. Great but, though. you know, and they're not having a state or county tournament this year for basketball, which kind of stinks for the kids because, I mean, counties and Pompton Lynch, you never do anything counties anyway because, say, county uh, – have some big schools. Oh, we made a few. Well, we did something in the counties, I remember. My yeah. sophomore year, and you but, guys were seniors. I mean, sooner or later, you run into a Kennedy or an east side. And, and you don't, just, I don't care who's on the team. Duncan. But the state tournament hurts because normally, I mean, you can maybe win a game or two in that and make some noise. And it's just cool as a senior, you know, you're oh, playing yeah. in the state tournament. And just knowing they can't even play kind of stinks. But And also, too, guys, for us, we all went to Pompton, too. And a lot of these kids, too, it stinks that a lot of their friends can't go to the games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to remember, like, Goss, you played football, we played baseball, and you played basketball. I'm sure wrestling there too. Like, just all those sports, like having, like, even being a senior in high school, your last hurrah, having a bunch of your friends pile in, guys from town just to come watch a bunch of kids play for a championship or something. It's a really cool feeling that, unfortunately, these kids are uh, getting taken away from in such a uh, bad situation. But is there any way that. You know that parents, fans, or people like watch the games or anywhere. Like yeah, streams and stuff. Now? So we uh, we stream it on. I believe you go through the Pompton Lakes website. You can find all the streams. Uh, we do it through Huddle. Um, but yeah, you have, we actually live stream every game. So freshmen, JV, varsity, boys and girls get live streamed. Um, if it's an away game, sometimes it varies depending on what that school does. But yeah, you can find ours through the Pompton Lakes website. There's no sound or anything, but uh, we do have. We just installed a new huddle camera, so it actually tracks the ball itself. Kind of cool. Whoa. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you can watch all the games. Hey, if sound. you ever want sound, I will uh, find some time on my schedule. We can make that work. I think we want no sound. Uh, so. Uh, well, I would imagine for film sessions and if stuff like that. you need like a ginger that, behind the camera. I'm just saying you for entertainment <laughs> purposes. Oh, you're if, saying. If, uh, if we had to. Yeah, know, yeah. I can, yeah uh, I can talk to him about that idea. Of course. I'll be I'm in frequent talks with them. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Well, Doctor P and I have the radio. Show yeah, yeah, yeah. That. So we're we're always talking about. Alex McLeary, love that guy. Oh yeah, it's great. Great guy. Great, great guy. guy. Yeah, it's he, a little. He was on the show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he, yeah. He should be. He should. Have, never mind. I'm not gonna say what I want to, but McLeary should have been helm for a while. For a while. It's now. a little weird doing it because, uh, like, last two years we've been able to like sit next to each other and talk about the goods and bads while the game's going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. But now we gotta be spread out on the bench, so when I see him pissed mm-hmm. off, I can't even like McLeary's really say anything. Super smart. Say something to him. Yeah, he's good at what he does. Oh, yeah. But yeah, going off your point, Nick, I have I've argued a lot of times on this podcast of uh, high school sports is is critical to play during the during this if we're going through all the different levels and I know some guys get paychecks in the NFL, or in the professional leagues college you know you're there for a reason but I think high school is super critical for kids development uh, again some kids it's the reason why they're in school and not you know in trouble all the time constantly. Uh, it's funny that New Jersey high school state sports can find a way to do it, and the Ivy League can't even give their kids a season. Uh, kind of funny how that works. Yeah, I'm throwing shade at the Ivy League 100% <laughs> uh, as I watch them just drop Yale lacrosse this uh, this year and pin it all on the kids. Really? Uh, because It's weird. So what there. has to happen with them is because they never give extra years of eligibility because they're all this high and mighty. Yeah. And so the kids have to decide before the semester whether to enroll in classes or not because the minute they enroll – they they're using a year of eligibility. So come you know December when all these kids were like, hey, should I enroll in classes? They're like, oh, we don't know if we're having a season or not. So the kids didn't enroll. Kids transferred. Kids didn't enroll so they could wow. save their extra year of eligibility. And uh, they yeah they came out with the art. They're like, oh look, no no enrollment. We can't field all these kids. Apparently their entire football team uh, uh, dropped last year. I would be I'd be save, so to pissed. save their eligibility. Yeah. And that just hurts the kids. Now, like, I mean, for let's be realistic. If you're going to Yale, there's a small chance you're playing at the next level after this for football. There's so only that, so many Jeremy Lins. You're right. Like, yeah. Yeah, this is Harvard's of the world. Um, Lynn, Fitzmagic. Right. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. But, like, now you're slowing your life progression of getting a job a whole semester or maybe even a year because, you know, the Ivy Leagues think they're smarter than everyone else not to play when there's a proven way to do it correctly and, like, not get kids sick. Yeah. I mean, you're watching all these conferences do it. Yeah, you know, everybody's doing it. Everybody's finding a way to make it happen. I also believe uh, I think I read it was the D three for NCAA. They uh, just they start off their winter season and then just that's it done. Ripped all the eligibility out from those kids. No, 
no competing for championships, nothing. Start the season, and just like, all right, that's it. Sorry. Yeah. How had, do you do that? We had the rant last week where uh, Wesleyan, which is in the NESCAC conference, they called the Little Ivies, which is probably the worst thing they could do, because uh, <laughs> they follow in their footsteps to a T. You know, they they are they had a kid at Wesleyan put out a statement to get a spring season, mm-hmm. and it was actually through uh, an advisory committee, and they accidentally put on, on behalf of all student athletes. Well, the kids on campus that weren't athletes completely attacked them, completely attacked athletes. You know, like you guys don't belong here. You're only here for this, this, and this. Like it was just a disaster. And you're just seeing it again at those at these places where guys aren't going pro. Mm-hmm. You know, they're full of the game. They're you know, you're seeing guy like a guy like Jamar Chase from LSU sat out an entire year and he's gonna go top ten in the draft. Yeah. You know, like those guys don't have to play, yet they found ways to do it. Yeah. In in, in what was again a bumpy road, but they got there and it was safe. Yeah. You know, so at the end of the day it's just it, high school sports is finding a way to get it done. Uh, I know New York's working on it right now. They're gonna play a football spring season, which is gonna be interesting. But yeah, it's I, th- that was a lot. So, uh, but that's gonna do it for episode thirty-seven here on the podcast, guys. Thank you for joining us as always, Moltner. We'll go to you first. Uh, any any uh, any way to reach out to you on social media? Uh, get in contact. Yeah, uh, at Eric M forty-six on everything. And final thoughts: uh, take the under in the Super Bowl. That's Interesting. Great, that's the under, point. the over under is fifty six. By the way, my high school number. Nick, how about you? Instagram, you find me Nick McCarthy ten, and then on Twitter at Nick Max sixty nine. Final thoughts: Tom Brady's getting another one. Jolan, uh, you, you can, can always reach me. You can reach me at uh, at Oscar fifty six on Twitter at Goose on the mic. <laughs> Uh, on Instagram. Where might the people be able to find you and or the podcast? Well, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at good old Joel's, or you can follow the podcast on Twitter at airitout.podcast or Instagram. At, oh, no, I'm sorry. At Instagram at airitout.podcast or on Twitter at podcast airitout. Set that backwards. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you could always reach us at those. Um, final thoughts, Roger Goodell, tip of the cap, man. I did not think we'd be this far. Uh, we made a Super Bowl. Congrats. Yeah, I would agree. Troy Vincent talked about it to the uh, VP of uh, of the league, mentioned it too. Not a lot of people, including himself, thought we would uh, see a Super Bowl this year or at least on time. Uh, so cr- uh, kudos to them, and uh, everybody enjoy the game tomorrow. Be smart. Uh, do your thing, and uh, let's, let's keep it rolling. Uh, until episode 38, until after the NFL season is over, which I'll be crying about. And until next week, Jolan. Put in the books. Thank you